0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Rangers players take wage deferrals as the Ibrox Club deals with the coronavirus shutdown St Mirren the latest to furlough players and staff UEFA warn they must approve final league decisions and FIFA will allow transfer windows to be moved and it's proposing contracts can be extended until the season does Actually end I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me in the studio tonight Is Gordon DL And somewhere in his living room I would imagine Is Roger Hanna Four weekends without football now Gordon Three weeks of lockdown In this living room Two seasons That could be affected By all of these changes And one big meeting tomorrow now For the SPFL board And our 42 senior clubs To try and navigate a path Out of this crisis Which would allow The 42 senior clubs to survive Gordon Hill, you join us in the studio. Everything well? You're still safe and, and well and coping? Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Good. Getting on with it, Gordon. Just try and knuckle down like the rest. Try to, you know, get the, the time away, day in, day out. Uh, weekends are very hard, no football. Driving in tonight, looked over to my right, uh, Celtic Park, and thinking, was that only four weeks ago I was sitting there watching Celtic play St Martin? So... It has been a long, long time, I've got to say Yeah, four weekends have passed As Roger Hanna quite rightly mentions The way you can get involved in the show is 0141-951-1025 At Clyde SSB on Twitter uh, We'll give you some food for thought in just a second um, Roger, I am reluctant to, to sort of dive in on, on these things And act like we're moving in any particular direction Because we've not really made much progress and, and quite rightly under, understandably it's a fast moving situation it's a very serious one and all stakeholders are trying somehow to, to just get a grip on, on what the best way forward is going to be however this announcement within the last I think it was the, within the last hour or so that FIFA will allow transfer windows to be moved this summer and with regards to player contracts it's proposed that contracts be extended until the season does actually end I wonder if maybe, just maybe, that's one of the more significant developments we've had in the last couple of weeks. Well, yeah, nobody likes uncertainty, Gordon, whether it's in their life or their football or whatever. And there was so much uncertainty, there still is, about how on earth we can navigate a path out of this and either finish the season on the field or come to some agreement where the season can be finished without another ball being kicked. One of the big obstacles towards finishing the season on the pitch had been player contracts. You hear Fraser Wishart on the show often enough telling us that most football contracts in Scotland expire on June the 9th, and how would footballers be able to play beyond June the 9th for their clubs if the season restarted? If FIFA are now saying that all contracts both for managers, don't forget managers, the likes of Alec Dyer, potentially Daniel Stendel would come into this situation as well. Those contracts would be extended until the football finished. Player contracts would be extended until the football finished. Transfer windows would be potentially thrown open from the summer right through to the 31st of January next year to, to allow clubs to, to do the business they would normally do in the traditional close season. And that might help somehow allow teams to continue to finish the season on the field. The one imponderable, no one knows is, will the coronavirus allow us to finish the season on the field, Gordon? Yeah, that's where I think we should be very clear. That's not to say this is 
Open and shut case So well done Contracts are going to be extended Transfer windows moved And therefore We can continue uh, This season at a later date It's far more complicated Than that Roger We still don't know for sure If if that's going to Going to happen um, All we're trying to suggest Is that Maybe One of the One of the main obstacles Has been moved Yeah And listen Each different country Has unique problems And each different country Will have to find Unique solutions I think the big five countries In Europe In terms of football England, Spain, Germany Italy, France They are under huge Financial pressures To finish the season On the field Whether that be July, August, September Whenever um, the, the big pressure here in Scotland is a different type of financial one. It's about keeping all 42 clubs alive. There are clubs whose supporters are out on this, you know, out almost shaking cans on the street if social distancing allows it to raise money for their clubs or doing all manner of things just to keep money coming in and keep the clubs alive. That's the big pressure in Scotland. So uh, I'm not convinced you'll see the Scottish season been finished on the field. Wouldn't surprise me if there are leagues in Europe, though, where it does finish on the field, even if that stretches into late summer, early autumn. And of course, Gordon DL, it's almost like every day you, you could going down the leagues and seeing what, what's the latest club that's, that's had to take some sort of measure. So it was Rangers last night, it broke on the show, um, players taking wage deferrals, 50% wage deferrals uh, for a couple of months, and St Mirren today, the latest club to furlough pretty much all uh, staff and players. So again, none of this is, is really a surprise anymore. It's each club trying to come up with the best solution for them during these difficult from, times. From top to bottom, Gordon, everyone's struggling. Uh, let's be honest about that. Uh, people are trying to find a way to keep paying their employees, which rightly so. I I I'm listening to the the you know the transfer um, window opening more. That's fine. Totally with that. Very interesting to see that contracts can be expanded another month. Say if it, if by pure luck this ever goes away, but. You look at the fact that players will they with their agents, for instance, if they've got another club lined up, decide to stay with that one club and risk that one month. Well, I suppose, Roger, and we are a bit light on detail at the moment because I'm not sure leagues and players' unions and all the rest of the time to digest this and and react. But that that would be the point. The contract wouldn't end at the time you previously thought it would, and it would try and have some sort of uniformity across all the leagues. Yeah, it's a good point does make. So just because FIFA say we can do this, yeah, exactly. do all the stakeholders want to do it? You know, there'll be players, we touching this last Tuesday night in the show, we used the example of Ross Doherty, who has already signed a pre-contract to leave Air United and join Partick Thistle and Ian McCall again in the summer. You would think that pre-contract will be around about the middle of June. So what does Ross Doherty do if football goes on to the end of June, July, middle of July? Who does he play for? Because as things stand, he's got a contract at Air United until the 9th of June. FIFA say extend it, but you're then extending it into a period during which he's already signed to become a Partick Thistle player. How do things like that work? Do the players' union agree with FIFA's statement this afternoon? Are they happy for their members to have contracts extended? Do some of them want to be extended? So I, I think there's a lot still to be agreed on on this idea. Absolutely. 01419511025 on the phones, at Clyde SSB on Twitter. Now, when we're coming up with a topic for the shows, we're a bit light, in case you hadn't noticed, on live football at the moment. We tend to maybe look at famous footballing events that happened on this day, anniversaries, and, and take a bit of inspiration for that, take a trip down memory lane. We've had great fun doing it over the last couple of weeks. It must be said And I was wondering Gordon DL 
Now you can't really remember what you had for breakfast So this, this could yeah. go anywhere Do you remember what you were doing 20 years ago tonight? Oh, yes, certainly I do You do? I've absolutely no clue. No, twenty twenty years ago. Well, it's a, that's the thing. It's a, sig- right, it, it's a significant hold on, hold on. anniversary. I was, I was. I, I think I've got two ideas, Gordon. I was thirty-four at the time. Twenty years ago. Um, twenty years ago. I'll tell I you don't what, even know what I was twenty years ago. Well, let me try and jog your memory. Twenty years ago tomorrow. Right. Onside is Neil McCann. Could it be number seven? It surely must be for Rosenthal. Seven up for Rangers. <laughs> and the demolition of Air United is surely now complete. 20 <laughs> years tomorrow. Rangers 7, Air United now. Can you believe it? Did, 20 years. Uh, did I just hear that commentator sort of writing us off there when the seventh goal went in? Yeah, he didn't fancy your chances no, of a comeback no, I, at I, all. I, 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 he didn't certainly give us a chance. That was. I was a, I've got to say, Gordon, in my time there. We were a championship team And to get to finals Semi-finals And go up against Rangers And go up against the likes of Alec McLeish's sides And Dick Advocates Go up against Larson's at Celtic And the, the team that they had under Martin and Neil I tell a, I tell a great story And this is this is true This is one of my true ones I don't tell a lot But this is one of my true ones When we played Celtic On the Saturday night After Rangers had beaten the League Cup final we played very well against Celtic, really did, and um, obviously the quality of Larson and and people like that just you know by the time the game went on it was too too big for us, and by the time I got to my dressing room at Hamden, Martin and Neil was standing there shook hands with one every single one of my players and said that was one of the hardest games I've ever had, and I take that as a massive compliment from my tactics. <laughs> there we go, modest as ever Now the way you can get involved, don't worry We're not looking for two hours worth of memories on Air United against Rangers But the way you can get involved, we've taken a bit of inspiration from it What are your favourite landslide victories? Now Gordon Deal was on the wrong side of one that day A 7-0 defeat against Rangers at Hamden What are your favourite landslide victories? And by that, we mean a winning margin of four or more goals We're being very strict It's got to be four or more goals Winning margin Four or more What are your favourite Landslide victories So let's take a trip Down memory lane On that one 0141 951 1025 On the phones Give us a call right now Or on Twitter At Clyde SSB Your favourite Landslide victories A winning margin Of four or more goals 20 years ago Tomorrow Roger Hanna Absolutely incredible. I remember being at the game and, and you know, Daz's modesty will be forbid him from saying this, but Ayers should have taken the lead. They had chances at 0-0. I think it was Glenn Hurst and Neil Tarrant maybe were the front two who had scored four at Fur Park a couple of rounds before and Ayers had got through, I think Daz will remind me, Dundee, Motherwell, Partick Thistle, a very good Partick Thistle team and Ayers had beaten them all on the way to Hamden and started really brightly in the game. Gary Teal was playing well on one flank. It was a lad. Is it Mickey Reynolds you called the winger on the yeah, other side? Yeah, Daz? yeah. And, and Mickey Reynolds. The, the, causing Rangers problems, you know, Rangers had wee dick in the dugout. Ayers had Daz in their dugout and, and, and you know, it was, it was, a, it was a great... <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to say something balance. <laughs> Wee dick Not at all, Daz. It was a really balanced game for a while but and I, I think if you look... If you looked at the stats after the game, it seemed to be a stat that Ayr had five attempts in goal on target and obviously didn't score. But Rangers, I think, scored seven goals from only nine attempts on target. It was a really, really 
odd scoreline, you know, that it, it sounds daft, it's 7-0, but it wasn't a 7-0 game, Gordon. Oh, you're cutting them unnecessary slack here. So it's the anniversary tomorrow in 20 years as well. I know you might think some of this stuff's a bit tenuous, but 20 years, a big anniversary. Rangers 7, Air 0. And with that in mind, we've got the former Air manager in the studio and we're asking for your favourite landslide victories. A winning margin of four or more goals Now the great thing is Even if you are a fan of a so-called smaller team And you don't have many of these You must still have some There must be one or two over the years That stick out If you're Rangers or Celtic You've probably got quite a few So what are your favourite landslide victories Four goals or more I've Let us know right now I was obviously looking back on some of the details on, on that game today Forget that game No, no, that I'm not, no, 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 that sorry That was 20 years ago Tomorrow is the anniversary um, I remember Kinchelska standing on the ball yeah. I knew the score I must admit the one thing I, I probably had forgotten Is that Seb Rosenthal scored twice A guy who was not seen very often at Rangers Yeah, we, yeah, we didn't even know he was playing until he scored <laughs> twice I got that tactic wrong uh, it's some players I've got to say At that oh, time absolutely. You know If you look at their team And you look at What we had And we had a decent Championship team um, We went very close To Alec McLeish's Hibs one season uh, And that was the season That only one could go We finished second In the league But The memories uh, Yeah Looking back Seven It was the longest It was the longest Second half I've ever had To Stand in a dugout Well At the side of the pitch Scoring at Hamden It was I kept looking at the clock Thinking that's a calendar. That's not a clock. <laughs> uh, and you're you're really worried because you know what like I've I've watched St Johnson for instance go at start of the season Premier League team with the players they've got and you beat seven going on anything you want against Celtic. So these teams at that especially at that time with the quality they had they could do that to you. But my players just didn't listen. And how how would you have reacted back then? You know, post match if someone had you know stuck the microphone right in your face at full time, were you the type to be? You know, better team one. Would you have a? Would you lash out? How would you react? Uh, it's, it's hard because to get to a semi final against Rangers and Rogers, right? Somebody... I'll tell you what. Save the hassle. Let's let's remind ourselves of what oh, you said. No, the no. Gordon, how unlucky do you feel? Um, I feel I feel down, Rob, because I thought the first half uh, my team were absolutely excellent. Um, we've gifted them three poor goals. Um, and that's a disappointing thing You can't give Rangers goals like that Because they're a quality side And second half we tired a little bit And you know get a wee bit ragged But I thought we probably created more chances Against Rangers in the first 30 minutes Than a lot of sides have all season There we go Good to get the commentary And the post-match reaction uh, From, <laughs> the B- from, from guys, BBC Scotland <laughs> that day He sounded pretty, he sounded, he sounded quite fair about the full thing uh, Roger I guess you have to be When, you, when you've lost by seven yeah, of course you do. And listen, you have to put it in context. That Dick Advocate team the previous season had won the treble and that season they went on to win the league and they beat Aberdeen 4 0 in the cup final. So it, it wasn't a bad Rangers team. If you look across the midfield, I think they started with Kinchelskis, Ferguson, Van Bronckhorst and Alberts. So um not a bad side for Daz to put out what effectively was a second tier team against them. Yeah, and, and I mean, Gordon, I know it's been spoken about many times on this show, but before we move on and get the memories from the listeners of their favourite landslide victories, the piece of skill that, that Kinchelskis pulls off, <laughs> the standing on the ball, searching for, is it Billy Dodds? Yeah, um, in, in the box. If you can remember one individual piece of skill or, or a moment like that within a game 20 years on, yeah. it, it, it probably underlines just how outrageous it was. Gordon, I honestly, that time the game had gone, I was standing watching it and 
I was sort of a clapping in my pockets, you know. <laughs> great bass, great bass skill, I've got to say. But I, I had a real go at uh, my fullback because in those days, tackling was tackling, and I thought you should have put him somewhere else. But all, all credit, Kinchelski. It wasn't the fact of the skill, it was the fact that after it, he crosses a brilliant ball in for Dodge to score it. It wasn't meaningless, board. it wasn't like. No, yeah. no, I wasn't. I wasn't. I, I, okay, it was a show pony, as you call mm-hmm. it. But there was an end result to it. And listen, when you come up against that ability, then he went to play with Man U, I played with Man City. So I don't know how it feels. There we go. Listen, I'm not going to subject Gordon DL to two hours of memories from Rangers 7 Air Nil. It's the 20th anniversary tomorrow. But what it has done is it's given us a bit of inspiration, given us a launch pad to kick off a nice trip down memory lane with you. What are your favourite landslide victories? Now, that needs to be a winning margin of four goals or more. Not counting a 3-0 as landslide. Four and above, does that seem fair? Is that is that a fair number, would yeah, you say? Yeah, yeah. Okay, landslide victories. Winning margin of four or more. Callers right now. 01419511025. Robert in Mary Hill is going to kick us off. Robert, a cynic out there would say that Partick Thistle can't have had many of these recently. So what jumps out? It would be... The 2014-15 season um, We bet Hamilton 4-0 Chris Doolan scoring Four goals that night Oh I, I, I like that I like that Robert Because you've got that Nice wee bit of detail as well You've got a, a bonus If you like Chris Doolan scoring All four Roger you remember that I do remember him. Listen, Chris Dolan got over 100 for the Jags, but there weren't too many games, I don't think, where he scored four goals. And, and you tend to find that, you know, any of these big wins, it tends to be somebody gets a hat-trick or somebody scores four, I think. It, it was Billy Dodds come off the bench and got a hat-trick in the, in the 7-0 game that we were talking about at the air. But um, I think that was probably Dolan's finest hour of many fine hours, I would say, in the colours of Partick Thistle. Uh, and Robert, you can correct me, there's every chance you'll remember it. More clearly than I do Was the hat-trick goal Or the third or the fourth Was it not An outrageous back heel There was something Particularly Inventive uh, about it Was there not uh, I think that came from A corner And it was a hat-trick goal He scored that day It was a, it was a back heel goal Yeah I think that's right I, th- I think there's a It sort of ends up Turning away from goal Scoring a cheeky wee back heel Gordon Which it doesn't matter If you score four They all they all count it's And, br- you, it's a and you die out on it But to have a wee back heel in there as well Don't yeah, mind that Yeah I've uh, I've played I've, I've watched guys score a perfect hat trick As they call it You know Right foot, left foot, head And obviously if you get the fourth With your backside That is the perfect one um, But Doolan was a real good top striker for Partick And it's, there's nothing better for a striker Than scoring Three, four goals Three was always my sort of a That was my aim every game And then I would just hop it as I went along Good memories to kick us off Robert I like that And that's the beauty of it I know that Celtic and Rangers fans You might have quite a lot to choose from The smaller teams maybe Have to be a bit more selective But surely everyone Across Time Has got a landslide victory That is their absolute favourite Winning margin of four or more goals Give us your landslide victories right now 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors helping you return to action. Talk to Thompson's.com. Gordon DL in the studio. Roger Hanna joins us as well. We're asking you tonight for your favourite landslide victories. Four goals or more, the winning margin. The reason we're asking is because this is the eve of Rangers 7 Air United nil. 20 year anniversary tomorrow. Gordon DL was there, in case you hadn't noticed, and he joins us in the studio. So we're not going to be too hard on him. It was a good achievement getting there, but what we can do is use it as a 
uh, a catalyst, if you like, for our discussion tonight. So your favourite landslide victories. We've had a few on the phones already. And Roger, I must say the response on Twitter is quite something. We have... Where will we start? Mikey says, got to be the night Rangers beat Dundee United 7-1. Boyd scored five and became the SPL top scorer. And Bouguera scored that magical goal. Yeah, I remember it. Magic Bouguera ran about 70 or 80 yards from the edge of one penalty box to the other. It was a, a, a scintillating run just to finish off the route. It would be about Christmas or New Year time one year. I, I need to ask, that one that came to mind for me, Rangers 10, Valletta 0, European time. Might have been a cup winner's cup, about 83. I think your pal Billy Davis got one or two. That might just have been after Rangers sold you to City. Could that be right? Um... <sighs> I'm trying to think my last my last game was was it 83 cup final against Aberdeen Roger um cuz we yeah, lost that ch- yeah, be, yeah that sounds no, a bit right I because and Aberdeen won the league and cup double I'm just, la- I'm just laughing at how he he, European Cup. he checks what he did in his career <laughs> with you. Well, Roger knows everything. <laughs> Roger's writing my book. Um, I can't well, it might re- not have been the Cup winners Cup. Might have been the UEFA Cup. I can't remember. It was a European tie anyway. Rangers scored 10 at Ibrox. I think they scored 8 in the second leg over in Malta because a big shock over there was Dave McPherson centre-half mm-hmm. I think scored four goals in the game in the second leg. But the game at Ibrox, I'm sure Billy got either one or two. John McDonald got a hat-trick. Rangers hit double figures A big Dave McPherson scored four They must have been a bad outfit Since we are on the topic of 20th anniversaries That's where we got the inspiration from From the Air United game Around that time uh, Governor Walker says Beating a very good Sturm Graz side 5-0 In the Champions League in 2000 I can just about remember watching that on, on television I think Roger yeah, that was a, a significant one again. Dick Advocate in charge of Rangers. Um, a huge win. I don't think the performance was quite as good as the performance when they had beaten PSV Eindhoven 4 1 at Ibrox the previous season, but it, it just showed. And listen, we spent the first 20 minutes of the show talking about the, the Rangers Air United game. Rangers could score five and, and four in the Champions League, so not really surprising they were scoring seven domestically at that stage. Yeah, there you go You can feel a bit better about things That type of opposition You're in good company He's only shooting in with me tonight Nah, you're in good company Because he knows he's left me on higher than my one He's only shooting in <laughs> uh, Brendan is a Celtic fan in Carntine What sticks out for you, Brendan? Landslide victories It needs to be a winning margin Of four or more um, 6-2 against Rangers in uh, 2000 Yep, why? Oh. why? Why that one above all else? Um, Spent in the company of a great guy For the Garland Card Called Jim Cameron and we, Jim gave me a line that night which I just laugh every time I think about him I hear this line after the game he turned around and he says to me he says that's the best fun he's ever had with his clothes on you know, so, <laughs> oh, uh, Jim's a legend you know he's a great guy So, but no just everything about that game um, Chris Sutton scoring an early, early goal 3 now up you know after um, 15 minutes and it could have been 4 or 4 now if Henry couldn't get out to bring the keeper uh, and then Henry Lass is scoring probably the greatest goal I've ever seen. Is that the chip? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's, it's, it's for me, obviously I'm going to be biased being a Celtic man, but for me it's the greatest goal I've, I have ever seen with my own eyes. You know, so. Yeah, Roger, Brendan can, can tell us more about it in a second. I, I wonder if what sticks out for that one, for, for people like Brendan, would be and any big victory against your rivals is going to be brilliant, but that was a good Rangers team as well. You know that 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 was a, that was a good Rangers team that they managed to dismantle that day. 
Yeah, again, Dick Advocant in charge of the team. It's funny how little things stick out in some of these games. The Sturm Grads game you mentioned, I think Alan Johnson played for Rangers that night and it was known as Alan Johnson's best performance for Rangers. The 6-2 game is Bobby Petter's best performance for Celtic by by a country mile, if you remember. Rangers substituted the late Fernando Rickson. It was his first season in Scottish football. He lasted about half of the first half, if you like, before before he was hooked because Petter, his fellow Dutchman, was performing so well. Chris Sutton scored, was it 19 seconds, I think? Celtic were ahead, you know, as you say, three up after a quarter of an hour. And it was just one of those bizarre games. And there was a few swung back and forth at that time. It was the next game, the game at Ibrox, was mm-hmm. that not 5-1 to Rangers? Butch Wilkins' goal. It was goal. bizarre the way, the way the game's finished in those days. Know. What one was it, Butch? You are about... Ten years out. Uh, at least, honestly. Your uh, memory is... Was that not 5-1 or 5-0? No. <laughs> Roger, c- come on, help me out. The one way Wilkins scored a fantastic uh, from outside the box, a strike from outside that, the box. That was a 5-1. That was 1988, Dan, so I think you're about 12 <laughs> years out. But you're close. <laughs> Celtic actually scored early in that game as well I think Frank McAvenny had Celtic ahead at Ibrox after three or four minutes (laughs) That's close uh, for you Maca was hoping the final whistle went then Because uh, the roof caved in and Rangers scored five I mean, well remembered the goal But did did you honestly think Bobby Petter came up against Ray Wilkins in an old firm game? I played against Ray Wilkins I know you did, so therefore you would surely remember that Bobby Petter wouldn't have Anyway, uh, Brendan, (laughs) was there a a bigger picture about that game, Brendan? And and Roger's right, obviously Rangers got their own back not so long after, but but was there the feeling that this was a a sort of new Celtic side that that had spent the majority of the last decades, you know, trying to keep up with Rangers? Well, based on Baza's comments there, I don't think he'll remember we had for his breakfast this morning. (laughs) (laughs) um, You know, the previous old firm game for that, I think, was 4-0 to Rangers at Ibrox. So it was kind of like, you know, like it was it was the beginning of the Martin O'Neill year. It was kind of sort of like, you know, it just rubber stamp what what we Celtic fans hoped was going to be, you know, and, and it just we know obviously the, the five years of you know success that Martin had. And but a couple of quick stories about how, how how you get different with age. That fight so that six two game, um, was obviously a Sunday. I, I think it was a noon kickoff. I think I got home at 8 o'clock in the Monday morning. I, I seem to remember in George Square at like 7 o'clock in the Monday morning. You know, me and my, one of my mates and we're sitting singing with somebody in George Square. And then if you fast forward to the 5-1 game when, when Joey Barton got handed his, his derriere, um, two hours after that I was out washing the car. You know, so as I say, it just goes to show how things sort of change with <laughs> age, you know. But, but no, it was the start of a fantastic period and it's just it's been, it's been really continued ever since basically in the 20 years ever since Celtic's dominance you know so. you've got a much better memory than Gordon that not that that, that wouldn't be mm-hmm. hard but thank you very much to Brendan in Canting on a similar theme so let's keep these two uh, together Alec is in Parkhead what one have you got for us Alec remember it has to be four goals or more the margin of victory uh, how are we doing lads good thanks what's on your mind uh, I've got the the 5-1 game at Ibrox uh, oh, the, the fairly recent one. The the one in 2017, the one that was scored the mm-hmm. last goal. Yeah. Uh, and I've uh, my I always put five nil five one on souls. Every game I put a five on sale five nil five one. That's my better fiver. And the thing for that was Celtic were four nil up, and Kenny Miller scored. Uh, and I was actually because I get better odds. For five one and five 0 so I'm like, on you go, Kenny. 
whole van with the still of it. Right? With still of it, nine minutes to go. And then, 87th minute, Lou Street's got the ball. He's went by about two or three players, and I'm like that, man. Just slide it left, slide it. And then, obviously, put it in the right corner. End of story, man. Uh, I think I won about 250 bucks. So, that was a doubler for me. But just the fact that, you know, I, I, I just looked here. We had 18 shots at goal that day. And really, if we were to walk to, I walked away from the Ibrox, but the atmosphere was it was like Park Kid. If we were to walk to area 8, 9 or 10, Nobody could have had any qualms about it we were, we were tremendous that day Roger that was obviously a very dominant period For Celtic in those fixtures But clearly what sticks out about that one Is the fact that it was at Ibrox Yeah of course Listen there was a five at Celtic Park About that time I think there was a four at Hamden In the Cup semi-final as well But but Alex the, the significance was That it was in Rangers home patch And there was a sort of there was a, a flamboyance about the Lustig goal as well. We, we touched on the likes of Bobby Petter. People remember Petter for that game. People remember Alan Johnson, as we said, for the Sturmgratz game. You ask any Celtic fan about a Lustig goal. Now, Lustig, I think, was at a club for eight years, but he will be remembered for two things. One, the policeman's hat, and two, the goal at Ibrox. Gordon, were you, were you there that yes. day? Were you working? Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm so glad Alec mentioned Lustig's goal because that's the one I can remember right at the end. Um, I was. You've got to say for a full pack, it was a terrific goal from him. Um, and you're right, Gordon. Whether you, whether it's uh, Rangers or Celtic Park, you, these teams do not like losing to the rival, especially the amount of goals and the place emptied. Rangers fans emptied that day, and Celtic supporters quite rightly stayed and celebrated the victory. Thank you very much, Alec in Parkhead. Keep them coming. Then we're looking for your landslide victories. It's the anniversary tomorrow of Gordon DL's airside taking on a very good Rangers team and losing 7 0. So we're looking for your favourite landslide victories. It needs to be a goal margin of four or more. Diego is on Twitter. He's gone Negri 5, Dundee United 1. He says Roger. And that clearly tells the, the story about who the main man was for Rangers that day. Oh yeah, yeah, get, get five, but I mean he scored two or three every single week at that time after he'd first come to the club. I think he had 30 by the turn of the year and he finished up with about 36 by March and it was just the most phenomenal run of scoring for, from about the August to the December that, that I can ever remember. I mean the five against the United was, was fantastic including a, a, you know, a spectacular lob over the goalkeeper from the edge of the box, but uh, it, you know, five didn't seem that strange for Negri at that stage, the way he was scoring goals. I've got to say, Roger, it was me that started him off in his path in Scotland. Uh, when he came over, I'd never heard of him. I got a phone call uh, from Walter Smith asking for a closed-door game. And uh, it was obviously to play Negri, get him up to speed. And uh, <laughs> I think he scored five or six that day as well. I'm just glad it was a closed-door game. So Where was that? At Somerset. Yeah, but in a, yeah, but but Walter needed a game, and obviously we were in pre-season at the time, and they uh, just brought him in, and uh, you could tell he just had a, he was terrific in front of goals. What a goal scorer it was! Yeah, we're on Twitter as well at Clyde SSB. Scott McFarlane is uh, referencing the fact that Rangers five Celtic won twice, just the twelve years apart. Gordon, uh, <laughs> this is getting mixed up. <laughs> uh, not too bad at all from you um, What else have we got Delphi Law says Just another note on Bobby Petter He was also a cult hero for Ipswich Town I loved him down there Not so much up here being a Rangers fan There we go I didn't I had forgotten about that connection uh, What else is on there Scott Kirkland wants to know If 6-1 over two legs counts I wonder if that's in reference to Mullerwell's playoff 
victory against Rangers. Rangers? I don't know. Two legs, no, it's not, not the same as no, it. It's not a landslide. No, no, one might, might have felt like it at the time for, for Scott and those of a similar mindset, but mm-hmm. I'm afraid that I don't think uh, that does count. At Clyde SSB, 01419511025 on the phones. This is all good fun, but it's just that. It's just a bit of fun. This is far more important. Clyde One's Cash for Kids Appeal. It's two weeks now since we launched the Cash for Kids appeal and we have been totally overwhelmed by the response to help families who are really feeling the financial impact of this coronavirus the most. Your donations will make a huge difference, but unfortunately there are still many more families that need our help. Now with Easter weekend approaching, it might be likely that you're out buying less chocolate eggs this year, so even if you could just donate the value of an Easter egg to our appeal, it would be greatly appreciated. 100% of the donations will be used to help families pay for just the basics that every family needs. Your food, nappies, baby milk, electricity bills and so on. If you can, because I know it's difficult for everyone, but if you can, please do make a donation at Clyde1.com forward slash appeal. More of your memories on the phones and on Twitter next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Experienced players who know how to win. Talk to Thompson's.com. Gordon DL and Roger Hanna on the show. We'd love for you to join us though on the usual number or Twitter at Clyde SSB asking for your favourite landslide victories. I want to delve a bit deeper here. Let's hear from fans of so-called smaller teams because you might have to think a bit harder to remember your landslide victories. Keep them coming on the phones and on Twitter. We're on... On uh, At Clyde SSB I should say Sean says Celtic 9 Aberdeen 0 Stokes and Hooper Both getting hat-tricks That's a fairly memorable one Stephen McGrath has gone Rangers 7 Hibs 0 Memorable for me It was the first time I saw Paul Gascoigne playing And he was booked for flashing the yellow card At the referee Well funnily enough Last night we were discussing Bad refereeing decisions And that was one that Came up A, a, a humour bypass I think Hugh Keevans called it yeah, yeah, I thought it was a ridiculous um, decision, I've got to say, Gordon. Bit of fun, but sometimes the referees take it the wrong way. Yeah, don't know how that managed to come up after all this time, two nights in a row. Let's go back to the phones and speak to Roger in Uddingston. What stands out for you, Roger? Landslide victories. Gordon, Roger Gordon. It sounds like a kind of call sign for something, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> guys. Does. Um, mm-hmm. A couple of 7 ones against Dundee United coming in 2005, I think, the League Cup semi final. And 2009, when Chris Boyd broke the Premier League record that night, he scored five. So they were still a cracking game, so a 14-2 overall victory for Rangers, eh, two games. So what was that within the space of, was that... Four years, of... it was 2005 in the League Cup semi-final, I think, in 2000, right. December 2009. Uh, beat them 7-1, space of four years. Um, but they done the United game, Ibrooks, uh, Kenny Miller got sent off. Uh, Maggie Baguera got a goal, and Kenny Miller, um, Chris Boyd, if I'm right, uh, Roger Gordon, I'm sure he broke the Premier League yeah. record that night. Yeah, you're right. Someone tweeted that about the SPL record. You're absolutely right. Roger, the other one, Hannah, in your living room. Um, the same scoreline, though. Same opposition twice within the space of a few seasons. Yeah, and I, don't, I think he actually matched the record, boy, when he scored those five goals because the record had been set by Kenny Miller in a 7-0 win against St Mirren at Ibrox, I think, maybe around 2000-2001. The, the first of those seven wins against Indy United, Roger, League Cup semi-final, I think it was a day or two after the transfer window, the winter transfer window closed because Barry Ferguson came back to Rangers late at night on the January 31st and made his debut, if you like, second time round in that game. I think he scored, United lost 7-1 and I think it cost Ian McCauley's job as United manager. Gordon Chisholm then came in and that was United out 
of the League Cup, obviously at the semi-final stage, but I think Gordon Chisholm as caretaker manager then picked them up and they went all the way to the Scottish Cup final last season. Roger Nuddingston, that's why your namesake is here, because there is nothing he does not remember. Can, can, can I ask you a wee quick point? Go for it. Right, I see with all this kind of lockdown just now, I'm going to be kind of minorly kind of controversial. Right, what about if you were to put out to the listeners, what players would you want to, one of the opposition players would you want to play for your team? Now the thing is Roger How do you know That I've not got that written down On my magic list of topics That I'm going to have to dust off Within the next couple of weeks No it is an interesting point Because um, They obviously go a bit and I, I watched the 2002 Scottish Cup final The other day That's got to be one of the best things I've ever been Because that was a very strong And a very good Celtic team And the Rangers were immense that day So obviously They talk about the guys like Henry Lasso He would just walk into the Rangers team The guy was class I admit that as a Rangers supporter Likewise, a lot of Celtic fans, Liberty Celtic fans, would rate obviously Brian Lowder up. You know, it's total respect. And although we, we dislike each other, uh, there's none of the problem. It's maybe say hate each other for 90 minutes and beyond. But there is TV, you can say, ah, oh, here's a good player, that was a good tackle, and you're, you grudgingly say it under your breath. So uh, I'd be, that would be quite a, a good debate for. Yeah, but now we've got a problem, Roger, because it is a good idea, and when I eventually do use it, everyone's going to think it's your idea, and I just copied it. But that's fine. I don't, I don't mind that. That's good inspiration. I'll, I'll dust it off maybe sooner than I had planned. It, it, it was on my list. Well, I don't know if it was in your list, but I know it was in Dan's list because she's celebrating through that glass window like it was really his Who producer idea. Dan? Yes. Oh yeah, we spoke about it yesterday. Yeah, that's yeah. why he was just making yeah. sure I realised and I could yeah, see. Yeah, I'm him. watching him out the corner of my. <laughs> Listen, these are desperate times, Roger Hannah. We have to come up with something. And you have to remember, chaps, that Dan answers the phone to Roger and he speaks to Roger before Roger speaks to any of us. You don't think Dan's put Roger up to this, do you? Oh, yeah, it is. It's yeah. a stitch up A super scoreboard conspiracy. Think, That's I all think we need. You've been done in here, Gordon. I think you have. Anyway, 014195. Would you have picked on your team of the guys you faced when you were playing? Who'd I pick for? What do you mean? What, for, what? for your team, if, if you could have swapped an opponent and put them onto your team, who was your toughest opponent? Now, nah, let's save this, because this could happen ah. on a Tuesday and Thursday, and then we can get really stuck in it. Oh, I've got some good ones. Because it'll take you three weeks to remember anyone, so let's let's leave it there, Roger. I'm still trying to figure out the question. Roger and Uddingston, thanks a lot for the call. What about Tom in Paisley? Again, Tom, call me an old cynic. As a St Mirren fan, there must be only a select number of landslide victories you can choose from in recent seasons, so what would it be? I can actually pick two Jordan is uh, the 20-10 that cost Tony Mowbray's job at St. Mon beat Celtic 4-0 Andy Dorman and uh, Stevie Thompson not Stevie Thompson from BBC the other one if the guys can remember that day yes that was I think that, that came up in a, a couple of weeks ago Roger I think it was the anniversary famous for St Mirren fans because they absolutely loved it and famous for Celtic fans because it cost Tony Mowbray's job Yes, and famous because we always mention it to Mark Wilson when he's on the show, but <laughs> it, it was such a, a sensational win for that St Mirren team, as Tom says, Stevie Thompson, Andy Dorman, two, two midfielders, each scoring twice. Um, it was the end of a sort of miserable spell for Tony Mowbray as Celtic manager. He was sacked the next day and you know, Celtic began a new era under Neil Lennon. Were you there, Tom, or did you watch it on television? I can't remember if it, if it was televised was that night. There. You were there. How good was it? It was great. But then did we know just respect? So we actually class Celtic at the end of the day. We had a good team that year, and then the end of the day, we're, like, we're actually a good football team. Andy Dorn was a good player, and we had a good team, we had a good set, we had a good manager as well, with Gus McPherson as well. 
Andy Dorman was a good player Roger wasn't he I always remember that I would have been going mostly as a, a spectator In that era certainly But I do always remember him being St Mirren's main man around that time Or one of them Yeah and he was only, he only seemed to have a very fleeting presence in Scottish football He, he seemed to you know Go away from St Mirren as quickly as it arrived But a, a very stylish midfield player Always looked to have a goal And one of these players that would always play with his head up Gordon And made a very big impact In a reasonably short space of time in Paisley Roger, who was uh, St Mirren manager then? Gus McPherson, well, Tom was it said was it? Sorry, I didn't hear uh, Tom there well, Great tactics for Gus Obviously looking at the weakest link At the right back position <laughs> Getting them down the flanks <laughs> uh, Three Wales caps Andy Dorman got as well So that is high praise mm-hmm. uh, Tom and Paisley Good memory I like that Thank you to Tom um, And in, If you're a Again I keep using this phrase The, the so called smaller teams Whether it's St Mirren Or Hamilton Or Motherwell Or whatever If you get any victory Over Celtic or Rangers In recent times It's obviously going to be memorable If you do it by four, four. goals Unbelievable And it reminded me Roger Just because it was the same scoreline Of The Hearts game which ended Brendan Rodgers' teams in... Was that the end of the Invincible run, the, the unbeaten domestic record? Yeah, was it, was it not something like 77 games or what have you? And they rolled up at Tynecastle and, and Hearts just swept them away. Kyle Lafferty, I think it was the, the day Harry Cochran came through and really made an impact. David Malinkovic scored as well. And it, it was so shocking, not just because it ended the Invincible run... But just the emphatic nature of the win as well. I was reminded of it a few weeks ago, just before lockdown, when Liverpool, having gone the entire season down south unbeaten, were battered 3-0 at Watford. And it was just—it was so shocking because you didn't see it coming. And it was so emphatic. It wasn't just an arrow 1-0 or a 2-1. It was a real beating. Yeah, and it's always the ones that have got a little personal story attached, Gordon, that you remember best of all. The reason I remember that day is because I went along. With a Celtic supporting friend of mine Now he's what mm-hmm. you would call An armchair fan I guess Doesn't necessarily go to games Likes to follow the team from, from a bit more of a distance Anyway from the um, Said I'll get us a couple of tickets We'll go along to the game And my main factor actually was I hadn't seen Hart's new stand And I wanted to go and see it Basically So got got mm-hmm. a couple of tickets Went along It turns out they were in the Hart's end but I thought that's fine It makes, certainly makes no difference to me He's mm. quite a level-headed Reasonable guy So we'll just sit there We'll enjoy it Let's be honest Celtic will probably win Because that's what they do At the moment Of course one goes in Two goes in Three Four And by the end of it This Celtic supporting friend of mine Has to give a standing ovation To Kyle Lafferty As he goes off the pitch And gets caught up In a sarcastic huddle Because you can't be seen To not join, join in, in And out yourself So there he was Doing the sarcastic huddle And giving Kyle Lafferty Of all people A standing ovation Well I think that was A sensible thing to do Especially <laughs> here in Amongst the Hearts fans um, But We all love our football Gordon I remember that day And the Hearts stands Very impressive You've got to say Oh, I was I was behind the goal. To mention, if you're going to mention Gordon Brendan Rogers being in the wrong end of a beating, I think we're duty bound to mention probably the most recent of all of the landslides: Southampton nil, Leicester City nine last October in the English Premier League, a Friday night football which was just astonishing. That was, and again, the reason I remember that one was it not the you same night? There, yeah. No, it wasn't because it was the same night as the Clyde One Super Scoreboard Pub Quiz. Because I remember oh, I remember so was, an excited yeah. member of, of the audience Rushing up to the stage If you can call it that That's right And sort of holding his phone up to me And I thought What's going on here uh-huh. And was trying to highlight yeah. the fact That they had just won 9-0 Yeah and then Southampton I think Roger will correct me if I'm wrong I think Southampton then went on a decent run after that And did Southampton yeah, not go to Including 
Yeah, I was going to say, including going to Leicester and winning the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there we go. Uh, that, that really is landslide. We're looking for four or more. That's mm. certainly blown us out the water, that one. But you can keep getting involved in the second half of tonight's show. Some clubs are already making moves to try and survive this thing. They've put season tickets on sale and things like that, trying to get some money. Um, into the coffers at the moment Motherwell are one of them We're going to catch up with their assistant manager Keith Lasley After we do this Beat the pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football It is beat the pundit time It's your chance to win a signed ball Last night it worked perfectly Gordon What the contestant came on I think it was Jamie And he said his youngster needed a new ball to kick around the house during isolation and managed to win the ball. So there we go. Who did he beat? Uh, I think it was Alex on a tiebreaker. It was Alex Ray on a tiebreaker. Oh. There we go. So we're glad to be of service. If you want a signed ball tonight and you want the glory of winning on Beat the Pundit, you have to call 01419511025 and you have to call before 7 o'clock. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors tackling compensation claims for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com. Gordon DL is here in the studio. Roger Hannah's in his living room. Let's do the seven o'clock check in and make sure he's still there and still safe and well, Roger. Yes, I can confirm I'm still here. I feel as if I haven't moved for about a month, Gordon. I'm definitely still here. <laughs> There's a Roger Hanna shape embedded into that couch, Gordon DL. I need a new couch once this is all over with. <laughs> Dive off the deep end with that one. Give him a loan of your recliner, perhaps, when we get back to normal. Roger Hanna is safe and well at home. Gordon DL is here. That means he'll be playing Beat the Pundit. Let's oh. find out who he's up against tonight. Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. We're about to speak to Motherwell assistant manager Keith Lasley. The Fur Park side have already put season tickets on sale, trying to get some money through during these difficult times. We are still looking, though, for your favourite landslide victories. That means four goals or more. Give us them. Give us as many memories as you can. And we'll get back to that after we play Beat the Pundit. George is in Stirling. How are you tonight, George? Yeah, I'm good. Yourself? Not too bad, George. You're up against Gordon DL. I'm not, I can't give you the choice because Roger Hanna's at home. Does that suit you? Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. Roger Hanna's good. Uh, hold, hold on a minute, George. <laughs> did you not lose last week, though? I think no, I won a tie break. Yeah, on Thursday, but you lost last Tuesday. No, Matt played on Thursday. Matt always loses on Thursday. I never lose. Sure, you lost. I think you lost last week. No, was it the week before? Two weeks ago. Mm, I think it was quite recently. Anyway, George, I'm going to give Gordon some clay two in his ear hole. That way, he can't check in on what you're saying. I'll put 30 seconds on the clock. Your time starts now. You ready to go? Yeah. Who scored Celtic's most recent competitive goal? Forest. Which Scottish club are nicknamed the Terrors? What's the name of Valencia's stadium? Venestaya In what year did Rangers play in the UEFA Cup final? 72 Eddie Howe is the manager of which English side? Bournemouth Who won the 91 Scottish Cup? Rangers Mark Watley is the captain of which Scottish Championship side? Queen of the South Mark McNulty is on loan at Hibs from which English team? Burton Albion Okay let's bring Gordon back Gordon quite tricky tonight by the way Oh no I'm yep. very good tonight Yeah they're tricky I'm afraid Are you ready? Go Same set of questions to you Your time starts now Who scored Celtic's most recent competitive goal? Griffiths Which Scottish club are nicknamed the Terrors? Uh, Dundee United 
What is the name of Valencia's stadium? Pass, oh, come in. In which year did Rangers play in the UEFA <laughs> Cup final? Uh, 2005. Eddie Howe is the manager of which English Bournemouth. team? Who won the 91 Scottish Cup? Motherwell. Mark Watley is the captain of which Scottish Championship side? Uh, Inverness. Mark McNulty is on loan at Hibs from which English team? I know this. Just give me. Oh, Mark McNulty. Hurry up. Sheffield Wednesday. Don't okay. Know. George, they were quite tough tonight, weren't they? They were tough. I can't believe I got the Rangers Cup final one wrong. I heard the question wrong. I know. See, that, that, that's understandable. Although it was wrong, you'll, you'll still be able you'll, you'll still be able to show your face amongst your Rangers supporting pals. No, that, I, I think that was an easy mistake to make. Sort of. I'm sticking up for you. Don't worry, I've got it wrong as well. That's just two five. Who scored Celtic's most recent competitive goal? It, it feels like it was about six months ago. Roger, can you remember? Was it Callum McGregor? Of course it was Callum McGregor How was it the game? Was it a penalty? <laughs> Roger? Come on Daz You were at the game I know I can't remember It's that long ago Who's Did they not uh, uh, Five uh, It was five And I obviously it? wasn't there I was in here But did yeah. they not round it off With a with a penalty no? No I think nah, I'll probably made that. I think it's Griffiths no, it's McGregor, but I just want I, I just can't remember what type of goal it was. Could I not convince you? Nah. Uh which Scottish club are nicknamed the Terrors? Dundee United, Gordon DL goes one up. The name of Valencia's stadium is the Mestaya. George oh, equalises oh, straight George, away. George. In what year did Rangers play in the UEFA Cup final? You know you got it wrong, George, right. but you know the mistake you made. It was an answer though, that's annoying. <laughs> exactly, that is annoying. It's two thousand and eight. Eddie Howe is the manager of Bournemouth, so we're still level. Who won the 91 Scottish Cup? I thought you were going to get this wrong there. Behave yourself, I was there. You were about to get oh, turned wow. away at the Strathclyde Park when you tried to make, go home tonight. Yeah. Passport no, control was, was going to kick you out. I tell you, I'm not very good with years, you know that, but I, I stepped up to the mark. It was Motherwell. So you go in front, I think. Is that you in front? Yes. Um, Mark Watley's the captain of which Scottish Championship side, Roger? Arbroath It is Arbroath If um, George gets high He can have the ball He didn't get it So you're still one up Which means it all comes down To this last question Mark McNulty Is oh. on is on loan at Hibs From which English side? It's Reading But luckily for you George didn't get oh. it either And you hang on To win By 3-2 three three two. Two. Hard lines George no, no, I beat him last time. I beat him last George, year. No, no, no. It's all about your latest result, mate. Exactly. It's nothing you do with last time. You come I'm on a, full I'm of confidence. I live in the past. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good game, George. Well done. No, definitely. Hands up to you. I'll beat you next time. Good Cut. stuff. Best of three, I think. That was George in Sterling. Uh, I mean, it wasn't your best, was it? I, three, I, two. I've sort of switched off. It beat the pundit and now Gordon. I don't different, know what it is. Different priorities. Yeah. I don't know what it is But yeah. I, I'm still getting I'm winning ugly You know I'm still winning I don't mean I'm ugly Which you probably think I am But I'm winning ugly Right okay And I'm quite happy As you were with saying that. Gordon I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here at a distance In my living room But I've got a vision On this night of landslides Of, of dance standing on the ball In the studio Saluting you <laughs> <laughs> You do know the balls That we have in here Are already flat Roger So it's a lot easier <laughs> It doesn't require the same level of skill Because you, you can't get them through the letterbox otherwise So they're already flat But do you know This is what I love about Lexi George They come on here They know Hannah's locked up in his room They're thinking It's an easy one tonight What happens? Scale up the backside Back you go <laughs> Right we're still looking for Your landslide victories We've taken some inspiration from the fact That it's 20 years tomorrow Since Gordon DL proudly led His Air United team out against Rangers And then 
not so proudly led them back in after the game 7-0 defeat so what are your favourite landslide victories for your team by that we mean four or more goals we're joined on the line um, not entirely related but let's put him on the spot Motherwell assistant manager Keith Lasley did you ever play in a landslide victory Keith four or more uh, no, a few landslides gone, but unfortunately it wasn't victories. Uh, it was a few the other way, a few sevens and sixes in there. Unfortunately, I think Henrik Larson who scored five in one game. Uh, I remember, unfortunately, uh, against us. So, I, I kind of remember too many in our favour. I've got to say, I think maybe a three or fours is as, as much as we manage at Motherwell. To be honest, well, funnily enough, I looked one up because one of the only ones I can certainly remember was Motherwell six hearts one two thousand and two. But I'm trying to think where you would have been because you, you weren't involved. Oh, I looked up no, the I team. Would have been there. Yep, I definitely wouldn't have scored. I know that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you don't. You don't seem to have played. Maybe injured. You. I mean, it's not like you to be suspended. So, I uh, mean, <laughs> thanks for that, God. Um, yeah, I'm looking. Yep, yeah, I mean, all your your old pals are in there. Pearson scored. McFadden get two. Derek Adams, David Clarkson was in the bench. So it's, it's, that's your. Do you know the reason I remember that one, Gordon? Because I was the ball boy behind the. Were you a ball boy for? Yeah, for about a season, I think maybe two. Uh, behind the goal, and one of the unruly Hearts fans, six one down at the time. Clearly not. Impre- it was the night before my birthday as well. Um, just missed me with a two pence piece. Nearly oh. scudded me in the head and <laughs> smacked off. I didn't know you were a ball boy. Yeah. That's fantastic That's, that's great That's Good that's way to pass a Saturday afternoon Anything to get in for free Gordon eh? Pretty much <laughs> Exactly <laughs> Well where do you think I learned that from He's standing across from me Anyway On more serious business Keith uh, I noticed that, that Motherwell and, and other clubs as well Are now at that stage Where they're thinking These are, are really worrying times Money needs to come in And although there's uncertainty About the, the You know the future of, of where the league ends And if and when it ends Motherwell have, have decided to, to put season tickets on sale How's that been going so far? Uh, it's been brilliant, actually. You know the response that we've had from the from the club, um, you know from from the fans, the Welsh society. I think you know the chairman made a a fantastic statement um, yesterday. I think it was online and the importance of the club pulling together at this time and and the season ticket. I think we've sold from what I've heard. I think we've sold more in a day and a half than we sold in the first two or three weeks. I think last season. So I, I don't have an exact number, but I think that alone uh, shows. You know the appetite out there for that everybody's got, and the, uh, you know, and the supporter base, the, the communities I say to really support the club, but in what is you know is obviously you know worrying times for, for everyone, um, but certainly in terms of the business and the the club going forward, it's it's pretty precarious. But you know, support like that, as I said, um, you know, will certainly help in the in the way forward. And the fa- fans of all teams, really, Keith should be able to take some sort of comfort for that, because regardless of what club it is, that just underlines. How much a football club means to people, and particularly in their community, everyone seems to recognise. Then, if, if what you're saying, you know, is accurate, that, that, that these are tough times, and the club needs their help. And all of a sudden, so many people have stepped up on on day one of of the season ticket campaign, parted with their money without really knowing when this season ends or, or what's going to happen with next season, just to try and, and and help the club. That that shows you what what clubs mean to people. I think so, you know, I think so, and particularly at a club like ours, which I think is a real hub in the community, you know, and I think that um, that community club feel, as I say, with the fan ownership now, it really is, when that, you know, it, it is taken away, as it has been at the moment, I think it's, you know, leaves a bit of void in people's lives, you know, it brings a lot of structure to people's lives, um, in terms of obviously on a weekly basis in the games, but I think even out with that, you know, it's a talking point, it's something that they're always... 
uh, as I say, speaking to their friends about something that really um, is just such a big part of their life in so many ways. And um, yeah, for us to have this support, and particularly in a time when people maybe don't know when, where their own next you know uh, salary is coming from, or I'm not too sure whether it's actually there's going to be one there at all for for people to commit to the club in this way. Um, it really is. You know, it's it's for somebody that's involved in the club and has been for a while. It's pretty humbling to to know that the support is there to that scale. And um, again, as you say, I think it just signifies how much the club actually means means to the people of Motherwell and the surrounding area. Yeah, I mean, Roger Hanna. I can totally understand people listening might say, well, it's it's a bit easier for Motherwell to sell season tickets compared to other teams that don't know what division they're going to be in. You know, regardless of what happens, Motherwell. Will be in the top flight But there's a line In the announcement Roger For, for the season tickets Which sort of sums it up It says that Mother are freezing the, the price from last season um, Early bird pricing And all the rest of it And it says Additionally in light Of ongoing uncertainty um, Everyone who buys A new season ticket Will be given free entry To either our first Europa League game Or our first Scottish League Cup fixture So that's the reality Although there's a, a degree Of certainty That Mother will know They'll be in the top flight when the summer rolls around, they don't know if it will be Europa League qualifiers or it will be the Betfred Cup group stages. And listen, that's the thing. There's un- there's uncertainty all the way through football at the minute. Um, we are assuming we we'll sit here on whatever it is this the seventh of April that the teams participating in Europe next season on behalf of Scotland will be Celtic Rangers, Motherwell, and Aberdeen. That has still to be confirmed. Um, will there be League Cup groups for the rest come? The scheduled dates in July. When does the season start? As Keith says, fantastic gesture by the Motherwell fans to go and buy tickets for football games. They've no idea when will be played. You know, would you go and buy tickets to a concert if you didn't know when the concert was going to take place, or if the concert was going to take place? So it, it just shows how much the football club means. I think you can extrapolate that right through Scotland. You know that you hear of other great season ticket sales for their clubs. So far at the minute, people are buying tickets blind and it is a great show of faith in their clubs that they're willing to do so in such harsh financial times. Yeah, the, the title of the campaign, Keith Lasley, is No Matter What and that, that kind of sums it up. So it's just about giving that, you know, unconditional support. And you are somewhat of a, are you somewhat of a poster boy for that? I notice you've been on the phone to season ticket holders and, and people in the community just checking in on them, making sure everything's okay. <laughs> I think my days have been a poster boy Maybe stopped about 10 years ago Gordon. But no I, 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 Yeah I mean I think Not just myself But a, a number of the players and staff Have, have been um, You know Calling round Certainly our, uh, our elderly supporters as well Particularly people that maybe don't have a lot of support around them And, and that's when I go back to say About how much the, the club means As I say it is Obviously means something on a Saturday at 3 o'clock But out with that I think it is that community, that community base, where when things a lot of things are shut round about, yeah, that you know the club can hopefully still uh, help, and I think the club was trying to help even with things like prescriptions and and shopping and things like that. It was helping, uh, you know, some of our elderly fans in uh, in need, if you like. As I say, a lot of them maybe didn't have a lot of family support around about them, and you know and that's when hopefully a, you know a club like ours can can uh, you know come to the fore and try and help out in any way that we can. So. Um, and yeah, I mean, again, you know, just picking up on what Roger says there and what yourself said about the, you know, what competition it's going to be in. And I think, I think again, going back to that, whatever the competition, I just think you see the appetite of the Motherwell fans just to watch their team and support their team. Um, and I think regardless of what that competition is going to be, and, you know, from our point of view, 
whether we, we continue with the league or not. We're, we're obviously hoping it is the Europa League that we're looking forward to. I think even if it was the League Cup or a pre-season friendly or a, uh, anything at the moment, I think you know. I think knowing our fans the way I do, or, or some of them, I think they will be uh, you know more than willing just just to to support the club in any way that they can. What's it like for? but I was reading on the website all the first team players took time to, as you say, to phone round elderly Motherwell supporters in the town and just check on them. Which one of the players called Daz? (laughs) (laughs) I knew knew that was going there. (laughs) I knew that Roger Hanna was going to come up to. I I, I, I thought about him, to be honest, but I've seen some pictures on Twitter of him out out on his his, uh, cycling gear on out, so I thought he he must be doing okay and getting out and about. It was a sight to behold right enough, you know, but I thought... um, I thought he must be. He must still be mobile. Still, but still be getting out there. Keith, I'm actually looking for famous footballers, ex-footballers, guys that are in the game round about the area. So. I might have to track you down one day. I mean, there's, there's a reason. There's a reason he lives so far away from Fir Park is to avoid people oh, like see, you. Ah, see, he's miles away. Training order. <laughs> he's miles away. Um, Keith, what's it like professionally then? Because um, as uncertain as it is, players are. Sort of, you know, looking after themselves, and they've been told to keep themselves ticking over. I think we had Tony Watt on a couple of weeks ago, speaking about fitness regimes. All players of all clubs have said the same. What's it like for you as part of a management team? What what type of dialogue do you have with Stephen Robinson at the moment? I mean, can you can you plan for anything? That you it must be pretty difficult. Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's probably the, the stage of the season that it's come at is 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 a pretty critical one in terms of. Uh, you know, of, of planning and, uh, you know, right through your squad from the young lads all the way through to, you know, your first team uh, squad looking to, to next season. And we were always, you know, already well into making decisions pretty much on, on uh, you know, how we wanted that squad to look and who would be moving on and who would be, uh, you know, looking to uh, bring players in. So, the, you know, their wheels were well in motion, but obviously when this came in now, uh, you know, <laughs> their wheels have ground to a halt pretty pretty quickly and I mean all we can do is is continue to plan uh, as we uh, uh, you know as much as we can I mean I speak to the manager every couple of days and he updates me and, and you know we speak to each other uh, as much as we can in terms of that planning but I think you're, you're almost planning for plan A, B and C you know you're, even within that uh, if you like in terms of uh, the different scenarios that could play out so it's very very difficult um, I think there is only so much that you can plan but as I said, if you're trying to do as best you can, and, and as I say, for the different scenarios that there may be, I think that's all you can do. But um, you know, I, I, I'm you know like anybody else, we are waiting on you know further instruction from the from the league as a whole. And you know, I think that the more information, hopefully, that we we get, will that be a more definite timescale for finishing the season, or will that maybe you know the, the league coming to a conclusion and whatever we it might do. Uh, you know, I think any sort of information that we get, uh, you know, it can't come quick enough for us really in terms of that planning. So, yeah, there is a constant dialogue there, but I say there's, I think there's only so so much you can really do. Uh, and what's more difficult, dealing with your young Motherwell squad and the problems that that poses, or homeschooling the kids? Uh, homeschooling, hands down, I think is the is the easy answer to that one. Um, <laughs> The grey hair is getting out. I mean, the hair in general is getting out of control, but certainly the grey hair now is uh, getting uh, way out of control uh, with the stress levels. But, uh, listen, it's, it is what it is, and, you know, you do your best. I'm sure everybody's, uh, 
doing the same with young children. I've got, you know, an eight-year-old and eleven-year-old, so it's yeah, it has its challenges. Uh, but um, you know, I think the schools have done a fantastic job as well. To be honest with you, come up Keith, with all I'll say is keep the grey hair going, mate. It's been very successful for me lately. <laughs> <laughs> no, I not even see the new garden. I tell you, it's. It's not a proper, proper washing blow dry in a few weeks now, so I need, yeah, I need to get on it. But uh, but listen, aye, it is what it is with the situation in school, and they've just got to make the best of it and, and, and get on with it. Good stuff, Keith Leslie. Thanks a lot for taking time out. We'll hopefully speak to you in more normal circumstances soon. No problem, guys. Cheers, Cheers good man. That was Keith. What do you think homeschooling's like in the Hannah household? Do you think it's just like old oh. Clyde One Super Scoreboard teasers? Um, name name every Scottish Cup winner for the last fifty yeah, years. Yeah, they'll all be sitting with their books and everything and quizzes and. Is that accurate, Roger? Hannah would bore me. Um, I, well, listen, I, I, I'm ashamed when I tell you this, but um, my youngest held a family quiz the other night and I didn't win it. No chance. Who Mrs. Won, who Mrs. Won Mrs. Hannah beat me. I, I think it was a carve up because there wasn't a sporting round in it. So, hands up, I, I lost. See, and it, it, these are tense times. As soon as I arrived in last night, opened the front door, I then instantly became involved in one of these online quizzes that everyone's doing with my wife and, and all her friends. And the, the Duncans were in the lead going into the final round, which was the sport round. Oh, At which point, won. everyone says, oh, Gordon, you're bound to get some of these. The questions were about. Balls And about the Tour de France One football question Brutally difficult question And I'm ashamed to say We also We lost in a tiebreaker I felt like you If you're ever in that situation again Pick the phone up to your Uncle Dazzler And I'll sort Never Never refer to yourself (laughs) as that again (laughs) That's the the creepiest thing You've ever said on this show And that's That's going some Roger Hanna Are you ready for a Stormer of a full time teaser? Always ready. Go Good. for it. I'll give you it next. Get your messages on. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Your comeback is on. Talk to Thompson's.com. Roger Hanna and Gordon DL here on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're here until just before eight, so plenty of time for you to get in touch on the phones or on Twitter. We're still looking for your favourite landslide victories. Four or more goals, though. That has to be the margin of victory. And the reason we're asking is because tomorrow is the big 20th anniversary of Gordon. Gordon DL's Air United side losing 7-0 to Rangers That infamous moment Well infamous for you Famous when Andre Kinchelska stood in the ball Crossed mm. in Billy Dodds All the rest of it So 20 years We're asking for your favourite landslide victories On the phones And on Twitter We're actually going to hear from Stephen Gerrard In the not too distant future as well But let's get tonight's teaser up and running first This one is from David Farrell From Melbourne, Australia Ooh. Of all places The show stretches far and wide As you well know I think you're going to like this one Roger A great mix of easy And difficult answers So he says Since the start of the Premiership in Scotland So that's 13-14 season Can you name The 12 players Other than Alfredo Morelos Who've scored More than 10 In a single league season and been sent off at least once in the same season. Chris Collins. No. So I'll read the question again. Office. I'll read the question again. Steady on. So I've taken Morelos out because I figured that one was a bit easy because right, okay. he obviously did it last season. So since the start of the Premiership in Scotland, 13 uh-huh. 14, apart from Morelos, we're looking for 12 players who have scored more than 10 in a single league season. And have been sent off at least once in the same season. Ryan Christie. When would he have done that? Be- between the years of two thirteen to now. 
Uh, yeah, you're right, actually. He has. Because that's what the question was. It was this that's season. About, uh, Sam Cosgrove. Yep, he got sent off. Sam Cosgrove of Aberdeen. Against Celtic, didn't he? Yeah. There we go. So mm-hmm. Sam Crosgrove and Ryan Christie, they are the most recent ones. They're the easiest ones as well. Oh, no. Oh. Many, many you say 10? Uh, 12. 12. So Morelos is one, and you're looking for the other 12. 10 goals and sent off. That's a good one. How about um, Kenny Miller? No. There's one, one in, I mean, Kyle Lafferty. Yes. Um, scored 10 goals in the 17 18 season and was sent off for Hearts against Aberdeen in that same season. There is one of these that won't get. Oh, it's, it's outstanding, this answer. It really is. Well, it would need to be. I is, should say. is Turnbull one? David Turnbull? No. Because he scored about 16, did he? Yeah, but he didn't get sent off. Why not? Did largely no coach him? No, he did not. Slight tackle. Right, we'll leave it there. I what think about you. Gordon, what about James Forrest? No. No. We'll leave that one there then. You can join in on Twitter if you want to think out loud with us. Since the start of the Premiership era, Alfredo Morelos plus another 12 players have scored more than 10 goals in a single league season and been sent off at least once in the same season. Guys like Sam Cosgrove, Ryan Christie, and Kyle Lafferty so far. So that's three down. Nine to go We are asking for your landslide victories What's Gary and Gorbel's got for us, Gary? How you doing, Gordon? Good, hey, evening, Roger and Daz Hi, Gary um, Well, a couple um, First of all, the, the 5-0 game with Celtic Rangers When we won the league uh, Under Brendan Rodgers I've never been so constant um, Going into an old firm game I knew from the minute I woke up that morning That, that we were going to stick four or five past them um, I think largely because it was near the end of the season and even without Dembele that day, um, that was really the day Edwards stepped up to play, I think, and he scored a double. Um, that was just... My only my only qualm about that game was that it should have been close to double figures because we scored the fifth after just after half-time and I think, realistically, we, we should have battled them and scored another three or four. Uh, yeah, I think that maybe underlines the dominance that Gary calls it a qualm, Roger, that it <laughs> that it wasn't double figures. Yeah, and listen, I think at around about that time in Super Scoreboard, in the build up to those games, we were getting all sorts of outlandish predictions from Celtic supporters about what the scores were going to be. It was going to be seven, eight, nine. It was going to be double figures, and the, the most were the two fives. It was the five one. At Ibrox, we spoke about earlier on the 5 0 at Celtic Party to seal the league under Brendan Rodgers. There was a 4 0 in the Cup semi final. So there were some big margins of victory. But it's funny, old fun games over the years, given how close the rivalry was for, for, for many, many years, it did seem to throw up an awful lot of one sided games. You know, we talk about the 6 2, the 5 1s, the 4 0s. Right through history, there seems to be games like that Going back, of course, to the to the 50s and the 7-1 League Cup final I like the detail that the callers are adding, Gordon Because I obviously remember the game But I must mm-hmm. admit, I didn't remember that, that Dembele wasn't no. playing that day No, but I think, I, I think uh, sorry, what was the caller's name again? Gary yep. I think Gary was like, even, I would say Rangers fans, if we were honest uh, In that era where Brendan Rodgers came in that You were hoping it wasn't going to be a heavy defeat uh, I think everybody thought if we could get a draw here, it would be a good result at that time because Celtic were so far ahead of Rangers. And uh, Rogers, right when you sit now, uh, when, when you stand here and listen to some of the memories of these people, and 
Yeah, you know, you always think that Rangers, Celtic, Celtic Rangers games are so, so mm. close, but there have been some real drubbings in there. And I'm looking at the starting 11s as you would expect when you get a result like that. Celtic have tried their best to keep their core, and the Rangers team's very different. So if you look at the, the Celtic team that day, Gordon's still there, mm. Ayer's still there, Cham, Brown, Forrest, Rogic, McGregor, Edward, Griffiths came on. Rangers, on the other hand, you know, it was Jack Anik was in goal, um, Russell Martin played. Uh, Jason Holt played Graham Dorans, Daniel Candias Josh Windass Jamie Murphy uh, Jason Cummings Amongst them uh, Who played from the start So a lot of changes in there as well And again if you go down the bench Guys like Sean Goss And Michael Halloran And, and, and players like that Yeah And uh, now I understand Why it was five it's very harsh. Though I was a poor Rangers side, you've got to say. Any Especially others? Especially up against the quality of Celtic. Any others that, sp- that spring to mind, Gary? Yeah, the um, going back a wee bit further to 2013, um, it was Neil Lennon's 200th game in charge. I actually had to look that one up. Um, so I don't, I don't know that from hands, but uh, we travelled to Tynecastle, Celtic Scottish Cup, and destroyed them 7 0. We're 5 0 up inside half time. And the interesting thing was. That no strikers scored. Commons got a hat trick, um, and even Scott Brown um, made it the cherry on the cake with two goals as well. Um, Ledley and Lustig is, is one of the guys mentioned earlier on about Lustig scoring a great goal. Um, scored an absolute belter that day and off the bar to about 30 or 40 yards. There we go. I cannot argue with anything Gary says, Roger, because he's come on here, he's given us his landslide victories, and he's filled in all sorts of blanks as well. Brilliant detail. Absolutely terrific detail. It's the kind of detail we expect from Daz in this show that, you know, he provides us in the five one old fun games. And listen, Gary, thanks very much for, for helping us along. It's been, we've had some great wins tonight. I, I can't believe nobody's come on and remembered our broad 36 Bonacord nil. And <laughs> um, we'll maybe need to keep that from Hughes Bank in the show. Uh, someone, someone did tweet, uh, I must admit, now I'm going to have to scroll through quickly um, and try and find it. Where is it? Um. Yeah, there we go. I've got it. He says on your four or more goals as a Bon Accord support as a Bon Accord supporter, I'll get my coat. Says Maxine in Greenfield. There we go. It would help if I hadn't butchered the delivery of that one, Maxine. My apologies. And funnily enough, Gary said a couple of things to, that makes this the right moment to bring it up. Roger, Gary said that, that was Neil Lennon's two hundredth game in charge. I think um, we're asking for your landslide victories on this day, twenty twelve. No. Ringing any bells Neil Lennon wins his first oh, title As Celtic manager With a 6-0 win at Kilmarnock ah. And it was uh, Listen the, the, mo- the most important game For Neil Lennon Around that time Was also a 6-goal game At Kilmarnock The 3-3 mm-hmm. When he came <laughs> yeah. back From 3-0 down at half time What could have been A landslide for Kilmarnock I think The previous October Yeah there we go So uh, Stephen Coulter Actually sent that in Stevie Boy On Twitter Um Eight years ago, Gordon, does it seem like that? Neil Lennon's first title as Celtic manager, a 6-0 win at Kilmarnock. No, a long time ago, Gordon, a lot of games have been played. It seems like eight years since I've been to my last game. As I said, (laughs) even driving in tonight, looking over at Celtic Park, I'm thinking, how long has it been since, you know, I've sat and watched football? But... uh, I'm sure hopefully Once everybody's safe It'll come back uh, Now as you'll know If you've been listening regularly The show is Sorry Roger Sorry I was going to say Speaking of six goal wins In Ayrshire I've had a tweet From a well known Air United fan Ian Morgan Who tells us about Daz's biggest win As an Air manager Air United 6 Airdrie 0 Somerset Park November 1997 
and he said it was special because the man of the match at Somerset Park that day was actually the Air United goalkeeper, Daz's goalkeeper, David Castilla. They said Airdrie actually bossed the game and had more chances, had more possession. Castilla was brilliant and Air scored with six breakaways. Are you actually believing that, Roger? Six nils are drubbing me. Well, you can't I'm, even remember it. I can tell by the look in your face. Roger, when you were running through that, he was scratching his head. And I he was could. Peering I, off into the distance. See, that was a question tonight, full time teaser. I'd be struggling to get one answer. You do remember signing him, Daz, yeah? Yes, I sold him to somewhere in England. I got Sheffield him. United. Sheffield United. Somewhere yes. in England. Yeah, yeah, I was getting there. Brilliant. Uh, right, as you'll know, if you have been listening to the show recently, we're just really trying to have a. A bit of fun, it's taken on a bit of a different uh, feel at the moment We don't have any live football to react to We're a bit short on news headlines as well But we do have some, we like to try and keep you updated with, with what's going on We don't always want to go around in, in circles with um, sort of never-ending discussions about when the league will end But unfortunately at the moment we are in a situation where day by day more clubs are, are taking measures to, to try and cope with this lockdown And around this time last night, Roger It broke that Rangers players, management staff, directors Are going to defer their wages for the next three months um, To try and help with the impact um, the, Like I say, this time last night sal- Salary deferrals um, to help other club employees be paid in full The club is to furlough a number of employees Though using that government job retention scheme Rangers to top up the payment to equal 100% of the salary So um, again, nothing's really surprising at the moment But but you know, Rangers have taken those measures Yeah, but the standout fact in the statement at this time last night Gordon Was the fact that it was the players who had initiated the talks They had approached the club They had made an offer to defer a part of their salary in order to protect the salaries of some of the lower-paid non-football staff at the football club. Um, it's a terrific, ge- terrific gesture. Um, I've no doubt that in the fullness of time, the players will have all those wages that they've deferred paid back to them. But I think it's still quite a, a generous gesture. What is a very difficult time for everyone, and I'm sure it's appreciated by all our colleagues behind the scenes at the club. Yeah, Stephen Gerrard says he's proud of his squad and coaching staff for sacrificing the wages for three months to keep the non-playing staff on full pay. The manager's been speaking to Rangers TV after agreeing uh, that deferral. The players and, and the directors and, and the staff, uh, I think they've shown good leadership uh, and responsibility uh, by doing this, you know, voluntary to defer the wages. Um, I think it was a no-brainer and, and, and the right thing to do. Um, I think it's important that you show respect to all the people at the club, whatever your role is. Um, and I think we, we've shown real good togetherness by doing this. I'm very proud of, of the efforts and the support of, of everyone uh, at the club. You know, I think it was uh, unanimous that everyone wanted to do this. Um, I think it's important that, um, you know, during these hard times that uh, no one suffers from financial hardship. Um, So it does make me really proud of the manager that everyone was really keen to to make sure that everyone got looked after at the club, um, certainly during these times. Yeah, Roger Hanna, Stephen Gerrard, just pretty much echoing what you said actually going into the clip about if I think people will take some sort of Encouragement, if that's the right word, from the fact that you know players seem to have initiated this. Yeah, of course, and I think there was a line in the statement last night, a quote attributed to the club captain James Tavernier, saying the generosity of his teammates made him proud to be captain of the football club. So um, they've done well, the Rangers players, 
um, a time of uncertainty. A bit like we were saying with, with Keith Lasley earlier on and at the top of the show. We, we don't know what's happening with football. We don't know when Rangers will be back in a football field. We don't know whether some of these players will get an opportunity to play for Rangers again. You know, look, look at the loan players, Hadji, Camberi. Will they be back at their parent clubs before Rangers kick a ball again? So it's a time of real uncertainty for the footballers, but it's probably a time of more uncertainty for lower-paid employees at the club. And I think the generosity of the players last night will have given them, you know, a lot more security at a difficult hour. Okay, still on the lookout for players who have scored more than 10 Premiership goals in a single season in Scotland and been sent off in the same season. Guys like Morelos, Cosgrove, Christie, Lafferty... Right, I thought you'd given away there with, the, Like last week uh, I was going to say Tavernier no. But not sent off So what about Anthony Stokes? Yes I'm thinking of centre-forwards, Roger You go for midfield defenders and goalkeepers I'll go for the midfielders then What about Rudy Scatchell? No There's a feeling in his Aberdeen days Johnny Hayes? Mm, nope what, what, What's Mrs Hannah do, doing just now? Any chance of swapping seats? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what We'll leave it there And we'll get the rest of them After I tell you about this The Cash Register At Easter Stay at home Win life changing cash Now we want to make Good Friday Great Friday By giving away £100,000 Gordon DL We could have given it all to one person But right now It just feels like the right thing to do To give it to lots of different winners instead What a time To, to earn that sort of cash so Abs- Absolutely brilliant But uh, you've got to be in it to win it Gordon Yeah you can't unfortunately But we have divvied it up And 10 winners will each win £10,000 And now more than ever I think we all know that that cash Could come in pretty handy So get involved and you could be one of our winners Simply text the word YES to 61025 That's YES to 61025 £2 to play plus your standard message rate Over 18s only Full T's and C's online entry For this Hits Radio Network Scotland competition Are on our website We're going to freeze the lines every hour Between 10 and 3pm this Friday Greg Zane Grant will make calls throughout the day To make sure we give away the cash 10 times over Answer your phone within 5 rings Tell us our Easter cash register amount of £10,000 And the money is yours It really is as simple as that You can only get a call if you enter though So go to the website or text yes to 61025 For your chance to be in with a share of £100,000 The cash register At Easter Clyde One. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors helping you return to action. Talk to Thompson's.com. Roger Hanna and Gordon DL are still looking for your memorable landslide victories. We're about to get a couple from Kenny on the line, but let's quickly check in on tonight's teaser. Thank you to David Melbourne sending them in. Since the Scottish Premiership began, Alfredo Morelos and 12 others have scored more than 10 goals in a single league season and been sent off within that same season. Uh, guys like Sam Cosgrove and Ryan Christie who've done it this mm. season. You've got Kyle Lafferty and you've got Anthony Stokes. Did you get any during the break, Roger? Did you ask Mrs. I, Hannah to help you? I out? can only think of Chris Boyd and Jamie Walker, maybe. Roger, I cannot believe he's done you like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've worked with him long enough. I certainly can believe he's done it. The only amazing thing is he hasn't done me for a hat trick and mentioned Stephen Thompson of St Mirren there we go Roger mentioned those at the break Chris Boyd Stephen Thompson Jamie Walker you are now progressing you've now only got one two three four five to go any more 
Um, there must be a real badging in there. Oh, Mikey has nailed it. Roger, you are a man of your word. You promised me last week you wouldn't look on Twitter, so please do not look no, this up because one of them is an absolute cracker. Mikey's got I... Mikey's got an old firm one that you still need, and he's got the hardest by by Neil a mile. McCann? Since when? I don't know. When did Neil McCann play? <laughs> not within the last six seasons. <laughs> Well, uh, I'll give you a help uh, Baz has gone Craig Halkett That's wrong Amanda Rankin says um, Scott Brown That's wrong oh, I What else have we got um, Jordi Gaz has gone Perso Kipri Diouf All wrong no. What about uh, Florian Camberry Nope Alright we'll get back Greg to Greg Stewart Yes Good shout Greg Stewart Sent off for Dundee Against Celtic Back in 2015 The same season That he got 13 league goals Greg Stewart Nice one Right we'll leave it there Let's speak to Kenny Who is an Airdrie Your favourite Landslide victory Kenny Remember it must be Four goal margin Or more Hi uh, guys uh, Well I'm hoping That maybe Roger And his missus Can help me with the first one <laughs> I'm thinking it might be Back to about 20 years Roughly uh, A debut By the big Dutchman uh, In an Edinburgh derby I'm, I can't be far off with 20 years, Roger. Big Mark DeVries. Uh, I'm going to say 2001 roundabout. He scored four in a 5-1 game at Tynecastle. I, 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 well, that's... Uh, you lead me on to my other one. I was just going to say the 2006 4-0. Oh, the hippies will be hating me, but uh, obviously the 2012 5-1, you know, you, you, you can't just... Uh, you, can, you just love moments like that. Oh well, that just, that's the thing, Roger. Because you... when I heard you were coming on, Kenny, <laughs> I was sure you were going to say Hearts ten, Cowden beats nil. Ah, that was the really important one, Roger. <laughs> yeah, that's somehow slightly less important than the cup final. But in terms of margin of victory, Roger and Hearts' main striker at that time was Genero Zefuk. Remember him, Gordon? Of course you don't. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I have no idea who he is. I was more. Do you remember he was quite? Uh, he was quite. How can we put it politely? He was, he was, he was quite robust looking. He was built, as they say. Chunky. What was, what was his Chunky. name? Gennaro Zifuk. No, I remember Donald Ford and all these guys. <laughs> they were centre forwards. <laughs> Kenny, you remember them? I do actually. I, Br- I do. Brilliant, Jim Crookshank. That was my early days. That was a strange time, Roger. Of course, because there was so much attention on the on the championship with Rangers and Hearts and Hibs, and clearly Rangers expected to do what Hearts did, which was going romp it. And, and I think out that that would have been the season I was just sort of out and about at a lot of these games. Did did Cowdenbeath not then play Rangers soon after, and everyone was looking at, oh, is it going to be the same again? Is it going to be eight, nine, ten? And did, did they not draw the game, or ended up getting a fairly respectable result out of it? Maybe the week after, or a couple of weeks after the ten nil defeat to Hearts. Yeah, but- it, it was nil nil at Central Park, and it was famed for it was the first game that Dave King was in charge, having taken over the club. Remember, and I think I covered the game at Central Park for Super Scoreboard. We spoke to Dave King before the game. As you say, it was expected that Rangers would maybe not hit ten the way Hearts had done, but secure a you know a comfortable victory to mark the occasion. And unfortunately, it was a it was a horrible game and a horrible pitch. And a horrible day And it finished nil-nil Did he hang around For the stock car racing afterwards Or did he just head off? Well if you've ever been To Central Park on a Saturday And Daz will tell you this Because he oh. used to play Derbies there in Fife you, Nobody gets to hang about All the footballers All the football reporters All the football fans Are chased out the place 
as soon as the final whistle goes to allow the stock car racing to begin. How do you look back on that season, Kenny? Because this sort of fascinates me about fans, and maybe maybe it doesn't apply to Hearts because they are one of our bigger clubs and definitely should be in the top flight. Whilst you obviously want to be in the top flight, did you still manage to enjoy that season? Because ultimately, you're winning every week and you're going to places that you otherwise wouldn't. Yeah, you don't want to hang around there too long, and Hearts didn't. But do you, do you look back fondly on that season? Uh, very much so, Gordon. Uh, I think I think the, the, the biggest high was obviously we knew we were going to do when we, when we went into financial trouble and that, and and you had your uh, arch rivals singing you're going down, and they joined us. You know what I mean? They, that kind of made it sweeter. But to win the the league with Rangers and uh, Hibs in it uh, by 17 points was a fantastic season. Sells every 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 game of home and away. Uh, and I don't worry; these are serious times, so I won't put you on the spot and ask about the possibility of. Maybe having to go to some of these places next season Depending what the league decides to do Roger to round things off Yes well That, well, that is the one imponderable I mean, People talk about Will Celtic be given the title Will Dundee United be given the championship title One of the biggest issues And Kenny will back me up Can you relegate Hearts Relegate Partick Thistle Relegate Stranraer When there are still so many games to go Hearts but four points adrift Kenny with eight games to go their fate very much within their own grasp, but could it be taken out their grasp, you know, in the next day or two, in the next week or two, by the SPFL? Because, you know, it, it would be dreadful for Hearts, for Kenny, for Anne Bunch, for the players to be relegated down to the Championship. But, you know, for me, it would be a bad thing for the Premiership as well to lose a team of Hearts' size, their fan base, their history. You spoke earlier on, Gordon, about going along there. Not to see the team, just to see the new main stand yeah. that was built. Mm. Um, nowadays, Hearts would be an enormous loss to top flight football in Scotland. See where Roger's coming from, Gordon, but the, the reality is we're now in a situation where any outcome is going to be drastic because we've either, we're either going to have a three, four, whatever it is month gap, resume the season, move things back, move transfer windows, or we're going to give Celtic the title and relegate Hearts, mm. or we're going to null and void the full thing, whatever, whatever those seem to be the three sort of obvious possibilities every single one of them is drastic these are desperate times and it's going to it's going to be a drastic outcome so people need to prepare themselves for that y- yes certainly and uh, i am sure if the decision is made soon gordon the phones will be red hot here right let's round off the teaser thank you to kenny and airdrie you've still got a few more to get what, what many many have we got just keep throwing names at me you've got a few to get one, two, three. What about uh, big Mikel Antoine Curry at mm, Hamilton? No, no Hamilton players. Give us a Eamon clue. Brophy. Teams. No, you've still got a Rangers one to get. He's there at the moment. He will have scored goals this oh, season. Oh, God, behave yourself. I know who it is. Tell me then. Jermaine Defoe. No. No, behave yourself. Hurry up because we're running out of time. Scott Arfield. Scott Arfield, yes. Do you remember the red card? It was at Tyne Castle. No, don't. Yeah, went in late on the goalkeeper. Oh, sure he did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Come on, Roger. Three to get, I think. The last oh, one. time Gordon Clubs. Right. Um, if you're a scorer of goals for Ross County in the last couple of seasons, you should get that. Billy McKay. Liam Boyce. Liam Boyce. Roger, you during the break, I'll tell tales out of school, you round off a few St. Johnson sort of midfield types, but you missed one out. Well, Danny Swanson. Yep. You get 10 goals in the 16 17 season. Same season was sent off against Aberdeen. Now, this is the last one And I, I Please bet responsibly But I would have put Everything I own On this being the last one 
This is an incredible what? bit of recall from David, unless he's looked it up, of course, which he probably has, but still, what, nevertheless, hearts. We've just been talking about them. We've been talking about big strikers that they had, Roger. Mm-hmm. I, I could have care. tried this Clearly question for, for, Craig for six hours and wouldn't have got it. Yep. Craig no, Beattie? No, it's not Craig Beattie. The 15 16 season, he got 12 goals and he gets sent off against Celtic. Mm, get Kenny Jambo back on. 16. This isn't, honestly, I'd be amazed if anyone other. Mikey tweeted in with the right answer. I don't think many others will. I've not, I'm out, Roger. Wasn't the lad we mentioned earlier? It wasn't David Malinkovic, was it? No. Nope. Well, put you out your misery. Go for it. Juanma. Juanma Delgado oh, Remember no him way. There we go Thank you Gordon and yes, Roger We are back at 6 o'clock tomorrow With Jim Duffy And Mark Guidi Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Experienced players Who know how to win Talk to Thompson's.com